0: I always had a dream of representing the country in Olympics or something but uh, and I'm glad that I could do it in this part. <laughs> expressed in the podcast are purely individual and do not represent that of the colleges that are a part
1: of it. Hello everyone, welcome to the third episode of the series with KVDF. In the previous episodes, we spoke about the interdependencies related to an architecture student and a firm. In this episode, we scale it up and discuss the similarities and differences between the interdependencies of a firm in the global north versus the global south. I'm Nachel and I'm Agrima Manglik from SEPT University, Ahmedabad. Today, we have Shalin Bhatt from Rotwin and Blake Associates working in USA and Gautam Srinath working with Mindspace Architects India. Hi guys, thank you for joining us today. So I think we'd like to start the session with a conversation about you telling us both where you got your architectural education from and um, to what extent did your university prepare you for the uh, practical world of architecture?
0: Hey guys, this is architect Gautam Srinath. Graduated from Keir of Architecture in 2016. Yes, the formal education lectures and workshop very much helped, And we also had opportunity to document local art architecture and regional art forms. Architecture is a far fast moving industry and it's not possible to upgrade the syllabus frequently. But we were very lucky to study in such campus designed by architect sanjay mohe you can learn most of the things from the building itself it was very advanced in terms of structure materials and technology the practical world also demands additional skills like communication leadership business costing etc the first question your client going to ask you is the how much is the building is going to cost and During our college days, we never explain our design to a non-architect. Internship is meant to learn all these things, but not all all the interns are exposed to these. So eventually, starting practice immediately after college is not very practical.
2: Hi, this is Shalin Bhatt. I'm a designer uh, working in Rotterdam at Blake Associated Architects based in new jersey um i started my architecture school education from step school of architecture 2011 and in between uh, i had a chance to go to student exchange program at eth zurich so that was a bit of change uh, for a curriculum and then uh, then i started working as a teaching assistant at step itself and then later continued uh, working for a small design firm and after Around two years of work experience, I started master's program again uh, at uh, Pratt Institute, New York, where I got little exposure of technology. So in terms of, uh, if we go from SEPT, then you have like more of a hands-on approach, teamwork, coordination, that's what I get the vibe from. And the most in- interesting uh, aspect of learning from SEPT is the storytelling aspect. That is, that is what I can relate to SEPT uh, when I think of it. And uh, when you go outside in terms of abroad, uh, you get to learn more about technology, you get to learn more about uh, the world dynamics and sort of global influences that create impact for uh, the architectural practices for the world.
3: Wow, it was really nice to hear about your college and your experiences. Could you also tell us about the challenges one faces when he or she opens uh, his or her firm in India or U.S.?
0: After completing bachelor's of architecture degree, you need to register in council of architecture and you can start your practice. The process is very simple, but the challenge is how to get projects and run successful practice. Because maybe in initial times, you have to depend on your friends or relatives for projects, but you can counter me by saying, no, I will upload my design in Instagram or something and get projects. But how many of our Instagram followers are actually non-architects? The chances of getting a project from another architect is very less. And I can even literally count the number of non-architecture friends I made in past five years, because we are always in an architect's bubble. And even the young architects firms are facing difficulties in getting a fee on time, and other things are also there.
2: To start a practice in India, as Gautam said, uh, we just need to be part of this Council of Architecture uh, registration thing uh but that is more of a, like a check mark thing on your list. So it's it's not like a major achievement that you have achieved. So the major part of being an architect is to build a network around yourself of people of construction agencies, of non architects people who were there in your life which existed for a long time, you did not have more interaction with a lot of people that you have come across in your life and I would say, uh, there are, there are a lot of material and other sort of construction related agencies or representatives that you are not aware of. So you need to learn sort of a holistic view around the construction uh, market, uh, the real estate development and so on. So that is to build a larger network. So when you go outside, you don't have access to the network. So first you have to be you know, gradually part of the system, you need to understand how it works here, versus how it it used to work back in India. And uh, as you kind of get a grasp, you sort of prepare yourself for the architectural registration examination. So it's a path of about three to five years to get a good grasp of it. And then you gradually start thinking about opening your own practice while working for a design firm. So I would say it's more of a long-term planning uh, rather than, uh, you know, a quick decision that you can do overnight
1: thank you that was really insightful i think what we'd like to know a little bit now is what the difference in the scope of architecture is in the kind of projects you get in uh, the states versus in india
0: in 2019 i was invited to attend an archiprix chile workshop so there i almost met young architects from all the countries so that gave me a global perspective on this aspect so India is a fast-growing country and uh, it's second highest in terms of population. So if you take an average age of an Indian, it is 28, which is 10 years younger than US or China. So just imagine the amount of demand Indian construction industry is going to generate in next 10, 15 years. You can even see foreign architects coming and working here. And I feel uh, we are very fortunate in
2: terms of opportunities. According to me, I would say the difference between the state and Sort of Indian architectural workflow is complex sort of system which is laid out in terms of architectural uh, drawing documentation and architectural construction administration. So it's a part of a lengthy and systematic process. So in India, it's it could be worked out and using your thumb rules or using your basic things. Versus here, it's a completely um, sort of laid out system where you have to part of you have to be part of. Uh, a process which is bureaucratic which is lengthy and which is uh, like sort of overarching the um, the architectural construction industry and uh, also the building code and um, sort of town planning committee
3: yeah um could you guys also describe the kind of design process your firm goes through uh, and maybe the influences the material palette according to the context and some other uh, factors that affect the design process
0: Respecting five elements of nature and five senses, using light as a building material are the major principles of Mindspace. Climate context also plays a major role. The design process in Mindspace, I can categorize into three stages, discussion, design development, and drawings. In discussion stage, after getting a client's brief, all architects, trainees, and engineers has to present their ideas. Even we tried doing role plays to understand various perspectives and tried criticizing our old projects. The design development stage is a back and forth process between Sketch, SketchUp, and AutoCAD. And after finalizing the design, we once you get approval from your client, the drawing stage starts and
3: yeah.
2: Okay, so let me explain the process uh, of uh, a generic sort of architecture work practice here. So as I said before, it's a meticulously worked out sort of uh, construction design uh, documentation and drawings, uh, which is usually submitted to like a, a town planning office here. And then there's a back and forth discussions and there are revisions uh, if there are any side changes. Uh, but the way we usually go, and it's very similar to India. There's a pre-design or schematic design phase and there is uh, design development. Then there is sort of construction uh, drawing set. And then there is administration and revisions and so on so it's pretty much similar uh, apart from uh, like to to consider the overall design process but the major difference lies is uh between the building codes and the the stringent structure that we have here in terms of the overall town planning and uh, architectural drawings and design approval so uh, you you have to think a lot more about sort of insulation uh, as a major factor because climate is different the weather has more impact uh, the wind speeds are slightly higher so if Things are not, you know, well connected. Then uh, your roof may not be there tomorrow. And there is also fire rating and code compliance system, which sort of, which is sort of a major requirement. Because apart from considering like concrete and steel podium structures, usually the entire design is in uh, timber partition systems. So you have to take care of fire code compliance as like a major uh, design strategy as well as um, design function
1: i just like to follow up. So does that restrict the material palette that you get? Does that in any way restrict your design explorations?
2: So I would like to add certain things like there is an existing sort of, you know, a framing system on which you kind of uh, lay things, material, uh, lay lay materials on top of it. So there is already a timber or metal stud system uh, for facade. And then you put materials on top of it, which requires, Fire rating approval and certain other building code approval. So it kind of restricts the palette and, uh, but obviously for, for various aesthetics reasons, uh, the construction agencies and construction sort of industry has developed materials which which are kind of pasted on top of it. So it's more like a veneer which is stuck on top of it rather than an actual brick sometimes. So uh, yeah, that's the sad part of it.
1: So. At least in India, a lot of times what happens is the architect is very involved in the execution processes in terms of the site, in terms of empowering the labor on site. So to what extent does the role of an architect play in both countries?
0: The architect's role varies with respect to the scale of the project and the city you practice. Let's say if you are practicing in first or second tier city, the site execution will be handled by unprofessional, so drawings can take care of most of the things. But again, seventy percent of the Indian population is in rural areas. Even I'm from Manforth dia city. So, if you are practicing in such small places, you may find very good contractors, but their ability to understand our redrawings are very limited. So there, you need to frequently visit site and you have to spend more time there. And Communication in regional language and expertise in local terms also very important. In India, the involvement of craftsmanship also very more comparing to the other countries. For example, if you are constructing a stone wall, it's not fair to produce the drawing for the random rubble stone wall. The beauty of it lies in the spontaneity of the mason. So you also need to know where to give them freedom.
2: Um, so- as Gautam said, role of an architect, you know, it revolves around uh, the place you are situated in. An architect, when when he or she goes to the, the site, it's more of a trustworthy person to have a communication and uh, address towards. So when anyone has questions or sort of problems uh, on site, architect is like a solution provider. Like a lot of projects in which I'm working on. Uh, the construction administration, which is like a site supervision and site visits, is a separate part because it, it could not be part of like a major scope of work, or it could not be part of like an overall contract. So that's how it varies here.
1: Actually, maybe just candidly, I'd, I'd like to probably ask. So our um, yeah. whole pictures of the interdependencies that an architect kind of faces when they have their own practice. So what do you think is like maybe towards the three really important governing things that define an architectural practice in India or the states?
2: I would say uh, we have to see how, what kind of factors are governing the real estate and architecture and construction industry in general. So if you look at the larger and holistic view, you will realize in different contexts how it can play a role. So in case of United States, uh, uh, there are contractors and developers are way more stronger as an agency because they are the one who are, who are going to put bid on your design if it doesn't align with the overall design process or design approach then your design is not going to be built and then it it's just going to remain on, on paper in case of uh, us you cannot rely on just outside sunlight or outside sort of weathering conditions because it's not favorable for you so you have to rely on artificial uh, functioning of certain things. And therefore, the design makes difference where uh, you have to think about weather as an extremely important factor. Uh, So you think about all the small nuances associated with it, and then you have to deal with multiple construction agencies. You need to think of uh, these interdependencies.
0: Salim, I feel India is blessed with the tropical climate. I think we can, we we had the luxury to give the open spaces, and spend time in it. I think uh, there it was not possible, right? Because the sudden change of the two extremes. And so the design flexibility, can you talk about it? How, how difficult is it?
2: So uh, I would say usually when uh, there's a big schematic layout development, obviously there is sort of urban design patches that you can work upon. And then there is a conceptual design, which is, you know possible to realize that overall sort of uh, landscape scale. But uh, when you come across like a small uh, neighborhood-scale building, for example, your colony or your um, sort of residential layout scheme, uh, there is much more restriction as uh, compared to India because uh, there are building codes. You need to get approval from town about the overall aesthetics of your design. Uh, unfortunately, US is a lot more sort of automobile-dependent country, so there is, there is a large space of your ground. Goes for parking spaces and so on. And and it's true for India also, if in case of, of any urban city you need, like end user would like to have like one or two parking spot and then a lot of ground coverage is sort of um, taken over by parking. So there's less space for park or, you know, recreation and so on. Uh, but usually that that kind of uh, the overall sort of urban uh, placemaking is, taken over by uh, the larger town planning scheme. For example, New York has a very well-developed system of public parks. So every uh, half a mile or one mile, you will find a small park, which is kind of there as a breathing space. Salim, can you tell one takeaway, direct takeaway from US architecture to India? What we can take is uh, the hierarchy that they have developed, which allows them to facilitate uh, better in terms of uh, you know, executing a project. A lot of times, you know, I also agree in India, it's a hands-on sort of approach is very, um, comfortable. You know, you you go to site, you do hands-on change or you do on-site changes and you come back. Uh, but for like a very large project, you cannot do hundred things at a time. So if you have like a meticulously developed system and drawings, which kind of, uh, they are informative about what they are supposed to do. Um, they are very helpful for each and every uh, construction agent who is involved in a design process and execution process.
3: It was really nice to like compare and see how the firms work in both the countries, some similarities, some differences. Uh, We would like to end this by asking you guys that what do you think is the most pressing matter that an architect should address in your country?
0: Maybe next time while walking in your city, just observe this, you you will witness at least one construction happening every three streets. But the question is how many of them are actually designed by an architect? Construction industry is growing, but a young architect is struggling to get job or underpaid in many situations. And it's depressing to see court verdict that anyone in India can practice architecture. I know it's a massive industry and it's unfair to stop everyone overnight. Maybe we can start taking small steps all government projects can be through competitions or we can, we can say architects are mandatory for large-scale projects or some typologies. And architecture is part of everyday's life. Everyone has something to say about the construction or buildings, but the awareness about good design is very less. And it's not their fault as well. As an Inga architects, we should try to educate as many people as possible. I think that can take care of many of the issues.
2: So uh, according to me, uh, you know, if you see architecture or architectural education bubble down and look at from the outside point of view, so we have never explained our design to someone who is a non-design background person. The the, the chances that you you happen to uh, expand your knowledge and, you know, you get more appreciation and more compensation is to sort of broaden up your network uh, with people and then invite more people who are sort of outside the system and make them part of your sort of design education uh i come uh, across this issue of the instagrammable designs there is this approach of you know constantly publishing renders and constantly publishing final design processes uh, rather than uh, sort of narrating your design or Uh, showing the process like the real crux of it so that is where it's the pressing matter according to me so we start we need to start highlighting uh, some of the missing sort of process design aspects uh, in architecture
3: yeah i think it totally makes sense and especially the instagrammable point it puts across how we are uh, moving ahead as a society and i really think that this is something that we all should like actually take into account um, thank you so much, Shalin and Gautam for having this conversation with us. It was really insightful and we enjoyed it a lot. Uh, thank you so much. Through this series, we highlighted some of the interdependencies at different stages of becoming an architect, from our architectural education to working at a firm to starting your own practice in different countries. All these interdependencies make up the web of a profession. We hope we triggered some thoughts and brought about a conversation that helps you think about these interdependencies, which are not only limited to our profession but also affect the way we live. To continue this conversation, tune into KVDF sessions from 26th July to 31st July. Thank you.